This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, Nick read Evermore by Sarah Holland, and I read Marie Forces. Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are back here yet again to bring you two books. Starts to books. <laughs> uh, hey, I finished <clears throat> mine. Yeah, well, I didn't finish mine for a good reason. Oh, what's the good reason? I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, As I'll opposed talk. to all those bad reasons. Yeah, well, I'll talk about it later, but... Um, what we are here to do, as we always are, is to bring you some book reports of terrible books we got each other, uh, except Susan didn't follow these. She, despite the Met Gala, did not understand the assignment. <laughs> um, I thought that I did. The description for this book sounded a little bonkers. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some, some choice quotes from the description of Evermore by Sarah Holland on Goodreads. Uh, First of all, it's book number two. So one point in my favor. Jules Ember was raised hearing legends of the ancient magic of the wicked alchemist title case and the good sorceress title case. But she has just learned the truth. Not only are the stories true, but she herself is the alchemist title case. And Caro, a woman who single-handedly murdered the queen and Jules' first love, Rowan, in cold blood, is the sorceress. Those are two separate people, by the way. I was very excited for the queen to be Sarah's first love, Rowan. Yeah. Or Jules' first love, Ronan. Anyway. Anyway. It should have been good. Well, it, the problem was that it was good. Should have been bibliophile good. Yeah, it wasn't. Nah, it is. I will, I will give you this. It is bonkers. That's good. There's okay. no we denying. We got that going. You doing okay? Can I get you a lozenge or something? A lozenge? A lozenge? Ah, oh, wow. I, I don't know where they are. They're lozenged. <laughs> I lost them. Um, I will give you this. It is bonkers. Okay. And it's not a book that I especially liked. Meh, well. But, like, it's a good book if you're into that sort of just out of YA, kind of YA, like, she's the chosen one, she's special, <clears throat> and everything is very, very important. Is there a boning in it, though? Uh, not to the where I got, and uh-huh. I doubt there will be. Yeah. Um. But as of what I saw in book two, she does not not know she's beautiful. Uh. So she's the chosen one. She's special. Uh. But it is overly dramatic. Everything is like the air prickled with danger type stuff. Yeah. Uh. But like. It's well written. It's well paced. There are characters that have feelings and thoughts and wants and desires, even inside what I did read here. Uh, and they don't all act the same. And she bears grudges and she makes decisions that she doesn't like making, but she thinks they're better. Anyway. Well, but it, damn it. But it is bonkers. And okay. book two, I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Still. Good. Um, that was my dastardly plan yes. all along. The main idea is kind of cool and kind of creative. There's like this. Remember reading Cersei for book club? Yeah, which I think great is a lot. book. Uh, yeah, and remember how in Cersei the by someone Madeline Miller, Madeline Miller, um, that she does not. Madeline Miller does not try to square the circle on myth. It's just like no, it is both her dad and also the son. Yeah, like duh. 
And I think that was a really good decision because she's just like, no, in myth, he's the son and a guy. Yeah. It's not, they, there is no difference. <clears throat> um, in this one, it is kind of like a Westeros I picked, picked up, like level magic world where there's a lot of magic and magicians, maybe Witcher. Uh, but we're not exactly talking like Tolkien high magic, not okay. like high high fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, um, but the central conceit is that there is this this folk tale of the alchemist and the sorceress, mm-hmm. and the alchemist is uh, in all of the tales like the good person, the good guy, the protagonist of all these fairy tales who had her heart stolen, which I think is both. Uh, Maybe it squares the circle in the other book or the book I didn't read, but I think is both referencing like she fell in love with the alchemist and then like lost them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And also literally had her heart stolen. Like she does not have a literal heart anymore or whatever. And so that is the central conceit. And our main character is a reincarnation of the alchemist because after stealing the or the sorceress's heart, it broke into like 11 pieces. And so the alchemist is going to live 11 lives and so basically until the sorcerer, if it, if the sorcerer just kills the alchemist, then the alchemist will just be reborn Dalai Lama style or whatever in a different body with different memories. But only when they reach, you know, weirdly the age of teenage dumb and adolescence, Whoa, they start weird. to recover their memory and their powers, which is the alchemist has the power to stop time, hmm. which would seem like OP, but whatever. Um, and then I think in this, Thing, the sorceress's plan is not to kill the alchemist anymore, but to uh, break the alchemist's heart back or something. I don't know. And so basically, the our main character has to get everyone to hate her on purpose so that they don't get killed. Uh, because the sorceress Caro, the murderer of the queen, has pinned it on the alchemist uh, Jules and is just going around basically killing everybody who ever tries to help her or loves her to try and break her oh. heart. Uh, yeah, so tell that to... That one band that I listen to a lot when I need some uh, funk, uh, which is, of course, called J.C. Brooks and the Uptown Sound. Because I'd be lying if he said that it was easy uh, to break your heart, Alchemist. I'm but trying to break your heart. Break, break your, your heart. heart. But um, let's get to the bonkersness that I don't know what it means. This is how the book starts. Tonight, I will make the alchemist's blood, Jules Ember's blood, into a weapon. It's not from the sorceress's point of view. This is the only section that does this, and that's Weird. how it starts. Yeah, uh, something, something, something. I'm in a, I'm in a town with fantasy castle above me. A time lender hunches across from me. So there's a time lender. The people of Sempura are so uncreative with their precious time, their blood irons. When they don't drink them like beasts, they fritter them away to make their flowers bloom or feed them to their fires to make themselves warm in the winter. But the right blood iron could burn down the world. So blood iron is both like a thing that you can take from somebody. And apparently drinking is not like a metaphor for like, you know, he really drank that paycheck or whatever. No, they're actually literally drinking it. it, But it's also a currency, I guess. I don't really, I never really picked up on that. Um... Uh, Semper's finest diamonds in only one year of the blood iron sweet jewels ember left behind at Everless. I bling, I bring the small cauldron to my cauldron to my lips and drink the alchemist's time. Just a little. Just, but drink, wait, is that what blood iron is? I don't know. 
I have plans for the rest. Pain lances my throat. I breathe, alive. Grip the edge of the table as my weak body shudders. I wait for the time to coalesce into a thousand daggers like it did that night at Everless. The night I finally realized who Jules Ember was under her skin and her heart. I wait for the time to fight its way out of me like something. I wait for her time to fight its way out of me like something alive. I don't understand what's happening. I read more of the book and I still don't understand even going back. Um, the name of the town where the alchemist is trying to get, Jules is trying to get to escape, is called Ambergris. You know what Ambergris is? No. Ambergris is whale vomit that they use in perfumes. Oh, good. Uh, so it's kind of funny that they named their coastal town after that. I feel like this track is very, very quiet for some reason. Are we not talking loud enough? Mwah! Thanks, Toad. Um... Yeah, so that's about it. Oh, no. We are only eight minutes into this episode, and that's it for your book? I mean, I can read more. The stones were the sorceress's heart, her life, Alma, her time, I whisper now, and when the alchemist swallowed them, it all flowed back into him. But instead of living on like the sorceress, the time was broken up into pieces. The alchemist would live for a while, then die, then be born again. I stumble a little over the words. It's a story I don't remember living, though I feel the truth of it. Yeah, I read I read not a small amount more, and I was just like, oh, this is like a good book. I don't like it, but it's like a good book. Like I I ran, I stopped highlighting, and there uh, you you left a few year coins behind at Everless. You shouldn't be so con- uh, careless with your blood. So I, I don't really get what that's going for. But now we're just kind of repeating over and over again about time and blood and blood and time, well. blood and soil, blood and iron, a regular Otto von Bismarck. Uh, so yeah, that was Evermore. Uh, I am not going to really go that much more into it because I think there's not a small amount of people who listen to this podcast that would actually like really like it. So that's disappointing. I know, man. I'm sure I it had like nothing to do with how busy I was this uh, these last couple weeks. I feel like this season I am like I really need to step up my game. I'm just not, just not really finding good ones here. You did get me the Justin Bieber one. Which is pretty good. That was Nick, though. Oh, yeah. Then you, yeah, you're doing terrible. Yeah, I'm doing terrible. You did pretty good this time. Dang straight. Do you remember what you got me? I got you book like 25 out of 26. Uh, that the summary to it reads like a reality show recap. Yeah. You got me Temptation After Dark by Marie Force. Do you want to know how I found Marie Force? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> private or not private but uh patrolman you've been you've been investigated for marie force this book is book 24 out of 25 yeah do you want to know how i got it yeah how i just searched dark on the oh uh, no i have two more books i already have saved away but You're i searched dark on the ebooks uh, page yeah here's the best part Book 24 out of 25, this is in the Gansett Island series, and it's one of those uh, seri- like romance series where it's this sort of extended universe of characters. I think every single couple in the previous 23 books shows up in this All right, book. well, you got to check in with your friends. Like, tell me this doesn't sound like it's not one of those, like, when Gawker or AV Club used to watch reality shows and have to explain what was happening. Tell me that this uh, summary doesn't sound like exactly one of those blog posts. Cooper James and Gigi Gibson take the lead in the next Ganza Island novel. All right. 
But here's the recap. Find out what happened on their crazy first date and whether these two can make a go of it after Gigi finishes shooting her show on the island. It's time to head home to LA, but will Cooper give her a good reason to stay? You'll also hear more about what happens with Cooper's brother Jared and his wife Lizzie, who've had a baby come into their lives in less than ideal circumstances. Are they in for more heartbreak or will the baby be a start of a new chapter for them? The summer is winding down on Gansett Island, but you can count on plenty of hot days and steamy nights ahead before the winter sets in. I do really like that because I had to click I had to click more to read the whole thing. Now I do really like that literally the website says, uh, but you can count on plenty of hot days and steamy nights ahead of you before the winter sets in less. <laughs> Would you like to hear some of the other titles in the Gansett Island series? Um, can I guess? Okay. Uh, Sunset Romance. No. Uh, Ocean Spray and Jism. <laughs> Flotsam, Jism, and Jetsam. No. Uh, shipwrecks and Big Decks. That would be a great one. Uh, instead, we have Made for Love, Fool for Love, Ready for Love, Falling for Love, Hoping for Love, Season for Love, Longing for Love, Waiting for Love, Time for Love, Meant for Love, A Chance for Love. Then we have... Gansett After Dark, Kisses After Dark, Love After Dark, Celebration After Dark, Desire After Dark, Light After Dark, uh, a Gansett Island Christmas novella, Mine After Dark, Yours After Dark, Trouble After Dark, Rescue After Dark, Blackout After Dark, Temptation After Dark, and Book 25 is Resilience After Dark. What about Perfect Dark for the N64? (laughs) Um, So this book is... So technically, this is a book about two characters named Cooper and Gigi, and it's a very straightforward romance book about two random people falling in love. But this is also Light a chance. Light as the driven snow. I exactly. Assume. Okay. This is also a good chance for us to check in on our 23 other favorite couples. And so I feel like the book was probably like a full, at least a third of it was just like updates from other books and how those couples are doing is this the book equivalent of headed to your like mom's who still lives in your hometown and she just tells you about all the people who were above and beneath you at high school that you keep telling her like i don't really know them yeah. that much i mean kind of because it's like all these people that not that that's ever happened to me yeah exactly um but it, like all of these people are referenced and you get like little snippets of what's happening with them but like especially because i started in book 24 i don't know who any of these people are um so our two main characters are cooper and Gigi. Uh, they meet and they go out on a date and, uh, Cooper almost crashes his brother's car, which he's borrowed for the date. Cause a roadhead. Because he was trying, he almost drives the car off a cliff because he was trying to get a selfie off the bluffs. And then he forgot to put the car in park. And then he was like hanging on to the car as it was about to fall off of the cliff. And he... Cracked some ribs and scratched his face all up. Did a regular Vin Diesel grabbing the the spoiler on the way past. Basically, yes. Uh, Gigi is a very famous reality star. Um, She and her friend Jordan, who is the subject of the previous book, are shooting the um, current season of their reality show on Gansett Island. But she's also a very successful lawyer. She has a law practice that she does in the time off of her show. And she graduated to UC- yeah, she graduated law school at UCLA, but no one knows. So that's Gigi. She's our female protagonist. Is our- that played by Jennifer Lopez? 
Uh, her name is Gabriella, but she goes by Gigi. And then Cooper is our male protagonist. Cooper's a ladies' man. Uh, but I bet he wears work shirts and old uh, hats. Well, he's like super, super rich because his brother is one of the richest men in the world. Oh, so that's why he's rich because his yeah. brother's rich. Yep. Okay. Um, Cooper's a ladies' man, but he is a nice ladies' man, so he ah. stays friends with all the women that he sleeps with after he sleeps with them. That's what makes people nice. Yeah, because he's such a nice guy, and also he is a really big ding-dong. Ah, well, like, that's what makes people a ladies' crazy man. Crazy huge. Yeah, he's got a really big ding-dong. Cooper James had had a lot of girlfriends. So many, his mom had stopped bothering to get to know them, because as she said, they were never around long enough to make it worth the imbe- investment of time. His sisters called him the honeypot. That's, That's a an weird insane, family. Yeah. That's a weird family dynamic in a lot of different ways. That's an insane thing for your siblings to call you. Jeez, my son really gets it wet. Cooper loved everything about women. Their soft skin, the way they always smelled so good, and how they had curves in all the right places. He liked them tall and short, thin and plump. He loved the tomboys as much as the princesses, and more than anything, he loved how freaking brilliant they were. They kept him constantly intrigued as he sought to understand what made them tick. Figuring out the unique characteristics that each new woman brought to the game had become a hobby of his. I was going to make a, a kind of for real-esque, like, I'm super straight uh, joke. But then it ended up just being like, the hell are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Dear God, this woman was so smoking hot that Cooper had been tongue-tied around a female for the first time Ugh. in his life. Love it when we call women females. Uh then his, he's having a conversation with his brother, and his brother reassures him that you're not stupid, Coop. You just graduated with honors from NYU Business School. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot when your brother's the richest person in the planet to graduate college with honors. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he uh, he does insist, though, that he doesn't, he doesn't take handouts. He's really made it work on his own. <laughs> Jared only gave me just enough to pay for college and grad school and let me live in his New York apartment while I was in school. <laughs> and he set me up with an investment account that I've used to learn the market. Is this pitched as this guy is kind of like blind to his privilege or does the author seem to believe that that truly does not make him much different from others? The second one. Like he's Oof. worked really hard. Um, so that's just kind of annoying. Uh, so I, I, it's unclear how um, Jared, the brother, made his billions, but Either he's way, also fast, no matter what he's happens. also like doing a lot of investing, and so then, but he's really generous, so he's helping other people learn how to invest so that they can make billions too. Well, you know, between getting twenty thousand dollars and having dinner with Jay Z, I'd have the dinner with Jay Z because he can teach me how to make twenty thousand dollars. You're so right. Yeah. You're so right. Um, one very weird detail that I really latched onto was that when Gigi and Cooper go to a restaurant, his order is a small Supreme pizza cooked well done. <laughs> I didn't know you had to specify how you wanted oh, your pizzas cooked. This cheese and these bell peppers are raw. Ugh, this is a gross. this is a rare pizza. These olives aren't cooked enough. Welsh rare pizza. Uh, he talks about his massive schlong a lot. He talks to it sometimes. He says "down boy" as if his cock listened to him. So that's that's gross, and I don't love that. 
Um, oh, you made Finn get off the couch. Oh, sorry, buddy. I wasn't saying you needed to get down. Go Here, ahead, get down. Get down, girl. Go hit. Um, one of the characters is so two of the characters wind up having twin babies. Uh, this is like when we check in with another couple from a previous book. And the man says to the woman, I never thought I'd say that I can't wait to get a vasectomy. I never thought I'd hear you say those words either. You're precious junk and all that. My junk is very precious, but I can't handle any more pregnancies, births, or babies. Says the man. Well, good on him for taking his own steps instead of expecting a woman to take hers. Yeah, but still, his precious junk, you know. Um, That's an outpatient procedure. <laughs> uh at one point, this is what a great ladies' man Cooper is. He says to Gigi, you're giving me a lifetime of spank bank fantasies. Uh, I can see why he's gotten laid so much with such smooth lines. He also tells her, you have the softest skin, the sweetest lips, and you taste like honey and strawberries. He's not talking about her lips on her mouth that tastes like I figure it's her vaginal lubricant (laughs) gross that's what's giving him all of those uh spank bank memories uh so I mean basically it's it's your standard rom-com they meet are they will they won't they yes they will he winds up several times a night falling in love with her but she's resisting because she doesn't want to get hurt and then eventually they decide that they're going to be together and they're going to live part of the time in L.A. so that she can keep doing her show. And then they're going to live the other part of the time on Gansett Island so that he can do whatever it is that he does to make more money. Like, that's that's basically the whole thing, right? But what I really wanted to talk about is that this book is, and all of these books, this whole series, absolutely full of bonkers traumatic backstories to the point that I like could not believe that all of these things happened in one book series. At one point, Cooper asks uh, Gigi, are you safe here without security? And she says, other than Jordan's crazy ex-husband showing up and taking her grandmother and sister hostage, we haven't had any issues here. Uh People leave us alone on Gansett. What? 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 A diehard happened on this island and they treat it like it's no big deal? Yeah, that was um, Jordan's crazy ex-husband, the rapper known as Zane. (laughs) I was in Titanic, got no hair. I'm going to come down there and kidnap you. I can't rap, but neither can Billy Zane, to be fair. (laughs) Hey, that one rhymed. While he was hoping for another chance to see Gigi, his brother Quinn married his love Mallory in a gorgeous ceremony at the Chesterfield. Don't read ahead. I'm not re- I'm honestly zoning out because I couldn't <laughs> give two shits about... This is like... I, I have a lot of personal kryptonites, but when three names get mentioned in a wedding in a specific place, I'm just like, I don't fucking care. A home that Jared and Lizzie had turned into an oh elegant wedding Oh my God, there's venue. more names. <laughs> the festivities had been interrupted when Maddie McCarthy went into labor and had her twin baby girls in the helicopter on the way to a Providence hospital. Oh, now where do we say that they were born? Skylaw. Yeah. Bird Law. You got bird babies. Uh, Jordan, the friend Do you think they named Gigi. one of them Huey and the other one like Chinook? Lewis in the news? No, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I was doing helicopters, but 
You don't have to thank me, sweetheart. I was a wreck of a man until I met you the day we came upon that accident and found out we had so much in common. And what a romantic way to meet your life partner. It's like, oh, I don't want to get smashed in a a head-on collision. I don't want to get smashed in a head-on collision. Amazing. Her father blinked back tears as he touched his glass to hers. After I recovered from the shock of finding out I had a daughter I never knew about, that became one of the seven best days of my life. One for my wedding day and one for each of my six kids. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Meeting Mason had been the best thing to ever happen to her. Even if they'd met when he saved her from a fire at Eastward, look, what could have happened in that fire was another thing Gigi couldn't bear to think about. What we're getting is just like summaries of all these meets cute. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite one. (laughs) Finn, get out of the diaper bag. Finn. Hey. Hey. Get your head out of the diaper bag. I don't care if you put your toy in there. When Jenny Wilkes came to live in the lighthouse, she was still reeling after u- losing her fiancé in the 9-11 attacks. Yikes on bikes! Uh, Robert Pattinson movie strikes again. <laughs> Two Robert Pattinson movies because it's a lighthouse. Like that Robert Pattinson movie comes up a lot. Chloe had recently suffered a serious flare-up of her rheumatoid arthritis that had put her out of commission for days. It's just like, what are all of the sad things that Baby, could possibly happen? Baby, I'm gonna fuck happen? the sore out of you. Oh my god. Does this? Does it get laid down, or do they just mention uh, some of it? Oh no, they lay down. Oh. Yeah, they go into real detail about how hard it is for her to get his big schlong inside. Yeah. It's because he doesn't get a. They wet. have a lot of really long conversations while she's trying to get his big schlong inside. It's really uncomfortable for me, and think, probably for her. Hey, oh, do you think it's like so? How do you think the Cubs are gonna Cubs are gonna do this year? Basically, Chloe glanced at her, seeming tentative. All of a sudden, I hope you don't mind that I know a little of your story. Gigi shrugged, accustomed now to people knowing things about her that she would have preferred to keep private. But celebrity didn't work that way. I'm an open book. I was a product of the foster system, too. My father killed my mother and then himself. Wow. Like, it's, it's, you know, we always talk about how, like, you, you don't have to have a super traumatic backstory to make your characters interesting. No one told Marie Force this. Yeah. And so she's like, what are the most horrible things I could come up with? It's an elite group of the most trained special agents. Nikki- we call it. Marie Force. <laughs> Nikki and her sister went through the worst divorce and custody battle in recorded history. I'm glad they keep track of such things. Do you Guinness think, Book of World Records, Do you man. think that the Marie Force is a bunch of, like, uh, women born 1987 to 1995 that all have the middle name Marie? Yeah, probably. It's like there's a whole generation of white women whose middle names are Anne, Marie, Lynn, or Elizabeth. Yeah, I hate all those names. I know, for... I'm one of them. Oh, I, uh, my mom, to be fair. Oh, hey, buddy, you're going to lay on the blanket. You just want to be a main character in this podcast today, don't you, dude? He's our he's our tri-host. I met a gal right here More on like Gansett Island around about 33 or, three or so years ago. Fell madly in love. The kind of thing you never recover from, you know? She was starting to know all too well. What happened? She married someone else. Gigi was heartbroken for him. Oh, no. Yeah, it was pretty rough for a long time. They had a couple little girls, and I had to watch her walk around town with an unhappy look on her pretty face. I knew he wasn't treating her right, but what could I do? She made her choice. Then one day, he up and left on the boat and never came back. Mm. 
the worst of all of the tragic stories and probably the ones that we focus on the most, there is a couple that just moved to Gansett Island. Their names are Dara and Oliver. Is this more of a Martha's Vineyard or more of like a Hamptons? Uh, I think on Martha's Martha's Vineyard. Ah, uh, so Martha Stewart's. Yeah. And that's that's why Martha's Vineyard is named Martha's yeah. Vineyard because Martha Stewart, she owns it. Um, Dara and Oliver uh, came to Gansett Island to mend their broken hearts after they laid down to take a nap and left their three-year-old unattended oh, and he... No, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, too. okay. Right. So their baby died. I got that. Thank you. Um, then Gigi's story is that she was put up for adoption. She was adopted by a super rich couple, but they just ignored her. So she sued for emancipation when she was 16 and she's just been going it alone ever oh, since. Oh man, that sounds so rough to have all the different resources. Then the craziest one, so probably what we focus on the most in addition to Cooper and Gigi is Jesse and Jared. So that's Cooper's brother. They have been, this is going to sound a little too familiar, uh, going through fertility problems, trying to have a baby. And they just went through their third round of fertility treatments and it failed and they really want to have a baby. Well, and after then, that, you can't possibly have one. Yeah, not, who even has, on, not even an accident. Who has babies after failed fertility treatments? Um, but then... After they found out that their third treatment failed, uh, someone that Jesse knows somehow, um, I no, her, no, not Jesse, Lizzie, I'm sorry. Someone that Lizzie knows somehow, the woman's name is Jesse, shows up, moves in with them, has a baby that no one knew she was pregnant, and then leaves, leaving the baby with Lizzie and Jared. She's a human stork. And so... Then they get to have their miracle baby. And they find her, and then she agrees to give the baby up for adoption to them. So it's like, why do we need all of this tragedy in one book? Yeah. Why do we need to reference I, all of these, like, why do we need to reference the 9-11 story from, like, book four? This is book 24, and we're still like, remember the lady well, whose husband Susan, died 9-11? Susan, we promised to never forget. Hashtag never forget. I got you this book and said, this seems like since you're not watching Bachelor this season that you're going to have to get your big dose of trash drama here. And it seems like I was right. Yeah, but it's not like trash drama. It's like tragic. Trash, but in a way that I really trash, don't need trash to. Trash drama. Trash drama is like, oh my God, these two women are twins. How am I ever going to compete with that? Like. Chicken enthusiast. I'm a chicken enthusiast. So anyway, that was whatever the fuck this be was really called funny by Marie if, Force. Wouldn't that be really funny if one of the bachelors, like uh, one of the contestants on it, their little bio on the the Chiron was like 9-11 survivor? Oh, no. <laughs> or even worse, like brother died in 9-11. Oh, like, that was hashtag their job. never forget. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's whatever this was called, Temptation After Love or something. Uh, by Marie Do Force. Do you believe in life after temptation? Marie Force. Um, kind of want to get you another book in the series at some point. Yeah, but, but we'll that would be hacked, that. so you can't do that. Oh, yeah, sure. we can't do that. Um, I sent your sister uh, three possible books, the first one being one of them. I will now choose it random on air for what the other one you get. Is. Okay. All right, and I'm going to have you look over my shoulder as you experience it. She was in uh, a different country when I first sent them, so I get to uh, show it up. So let's go ahead and choose the second one. 
just to pass on the what the YA torch to you. I see you've invested in Katie as your sounding board. Yeah, you bet. All right, so I have gotten Jesus. you Autumn Rose, a dark heroine novel. Heroine with an E, not unfortunate. That sounds actually kind of interesting if it's the other heroine. Autumn Rose has the chance to save the world she loves, but how much will she have to sacrifice? Autumn Rose, who we already met in the first sentence, lives in a sleepy seaside town, but buried deep under the surface of her quiet life are dark secrets. Her grandmother is dead, murdered 18 months ago, and the vibrant London social scene in which she brought up is a world away. Even worse, at her new school, she is shunned and condemned. Oh good, a new school. All because the swirling marks on her skin that prevent her from blending in with the crowd. Then the appearance of her school of a handsome young man who has the same curious markings as Autumn. Oh no. Sends her world into a turmoil. Suddenly the marks are deemed cool and Autumn is thrust into the limelight. But her sudden popularity brings danger as her secrets threaten to come to light. And then there are recurring dreams about a girl who's about to be seduced by a very dark prince. And Autumn must figure out how to save her before it is too late. I think that I have somehow managed to find, like, a distillery, but for uh, tropes. And this is just uh, YA, like, less Hunger Games YA, because there's not that many capitals in it. And just... There's a girl who's probably doesn't know she's beautiful and is unpopular because of the thing that makes her special and different. And her name is Autumn Rose. And her name is Autumn Rose. The one that I was going to get you is currently has a two-week hold on it. So <laughs> TBD on what you're going to be reading, but I promise I'll find one. Do you believe in a two-week hold? Uh, I've been Susan Dickinson. I've been, and will probably continue to be Mick Dickinson. This is, and will be, and uh, forevermore is Bibliovile. And you can find us on Twitter at Bibliovile. You can find me on Twitter at Dickima. Sorry we keep coming out almost late uh, this time, but uh, did anybody mention that babies take up a lot of time? I didn't know that going in. Yeah. Also, we thought the best time to resurrect the podcast would be right before soccer season. <laughs> it was not mistake. the smartest. Uh, the intro music to our podcast is Baby of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Uh, have a good night.